1: Talk Football Where's it Jacob Spoonley Former All Whites Keeper a Football commentator Extraordinaire As well Morning Jacob How are you
0: Good morning Ricardo I'm good I'm in the car With uh, Sky Sports Key Asset Boren Paladin Being driven from the airport It's a wonderful thing mate We've had Creed on, so the energy is up for Monday. It's
1: good. Oh, with arms wide open, spoons, much like you looking at your defence, going, "How the hell did he get one on one with me?"
0: Well, no, more like me putting my body on the line and uh, giving them my sacrifice. Oh, I, think,
1: I see, I, think I see. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, so good weekend in in, in Wellington, and uh, uh, good to see that Sky Sport have splashed out. You've got a driver, so you and Goran in the back with the uh, the caviar. Is it? <laughs> well, well, the driver is uh, dri- is picking you up from the uh, from the VIP entrance to the
0: no, no, uh, we're, we're cruising around in the Paladin uh, Kia Sportage. Uh, very comfortable ride. Um, Seltos, oh, sorry, I've been corrected. Kia Seltos. <laughs> so if there's any sort of partnerships that are wanting to be explored, I'm sure Goran's over to
1: them. Mate, Goran is certainly a man who, who, who doesn't mind an advert. Was it, what was, it, was it Panadol that he was doing for a while? I can't remember one that he, that he turned up on for a while there.
0: Could use a couple of Panadols this morning uh yeah, uh, because it was um it was a good evening last night to celebrate a really good performance from the Wellington Phoenix and a couple of dollars this morning wouldn't
1: go on this. Yeah, well, As a true professional, you've managed to get this uh, chat back on track to what we're supposed to be talking about, which is football. <laughs> uh, the, a great performance from the Wellington Phoenix, mate. A 4-1 win over a MacArthur FC side who were in the top four at the start of the round. And I mean, I think we've seen signs of this early in the season. They just hadn't quite been executing. Their shape looked a bit better. Defensively, they were a little more sound and, and they That opened opportunities when Macarthur pushed forward in the second half.
0: Yeah, they needed to really provide themselves with a much stronger defensive foundation. Uh, Eight goals in four games simply wasn't good enough, and we touched on that previously. Um, So we saw that in the first half. Um, They got lucky at times. Carter just didn't have his shooting boots on, and he missed a couple of very clear opportunities. So there was a bit of fortune mixed in there. with some good play for the Wellington Phoenix. Um, But... Uh, what we did see is a continuation of the pattern into the second half. Um, a good performance from the likes of Crave and Old, uh, in particular, in that midfield. But then the reinforcements are rolled on after MacArthur equalised. And the depth that the Phoenix side and the options that they can call upon is really impressive. It has been very effective for um, I The pick of them for me was Ben Wayne. Given an opportunity, he seems to put the ball on the back of the net and he's done so on multiple occasions this season. Three goals for him now.
1: Yeah, he's the top scorer for the Phoenix and, and going pretty well. And, I mean, Jacob, uh, it's no secret that there was a, a bid-in for him from a championship club out of England uh, in the off-season, and the club said no, obviously, that didn't meet the valuation. And probably for Ben Wayne, it's not a bad thing, is it, having another season where he's pretty much maybe not guaranteed to start, but he's certainly getting uh, game time for another whole season, getting another 20-odd games at this level under his belt.
0: Yeah, and. I think that's that's right. So he's in a place where he's comfortable. Um, he's enjoying his football. Uh, the business side of football is often where that tension lies. And there obviously is a bit of tension between um, the opportunity that he's got and the club wanting him to stay in of the valuation. But we've seen the club uh, get real value out of the young players that have invested in Libby Kikarcha and Sarpreet Singh. The club uh, has been remunerated. Not only for the initial transfers, but they get a share of um, any compensation that's paid uh, once those players do move in those very profitable markets in Europe. So, I think they've got an eye on that, and they'll be looking at Ben Wayne to follow in the template. Um, so you can understand why the club is being, uh, I suppose, resolute in its position. Um, the it's a contract you expect the club to honour the contract, and you also expect Ben Wayne to honour the contract. So he's been given a good deal from the club and the exit
1: uh, needs to work for both sides. Yeah, and I'm sure it will but uh, it's it's certainly uh, proving uh, that it's it's working really well and you know a lot of attacking options for Ufutela you could put three front fours out there and they'd all be pretty much um, you know uh, capable of being um, competitive in the A-League. i tell you what though uh, how good was it to see uh, the Wellington Perlow as I dubbed him Clayton Lewis knock one in from about 25 yards?
0: What an absolute screamer. Um, I had the mic up uh, just kind of like between um, the, the desk and, um, and, my, and my face, Ricardo. And Jason Pines obviously doing the initial call. And I think if you listen closely, you can just hear me reacting uh, in a purely emotional way. What a free kick that was. We managed to tear it up quite well in commentary because we knew what was happening. We could see that Craven won the free kick. He was quite interested in taking the, uh, the dead ball. I think Clayton had the ball under his arm, gave Crave the big uh, fend off and put it down and then just focused on hitting it from 25 yards out and off the crossbar, sent the yellow fever wild.
1: Oh, my what a, what, a, what a strike it was. It was superb. That put the Phoenix 2-1 up. They, they got a third only a couple of moments later, and then really they just played on the counter, and, and that seemed to suit them. Uh, MacArthur uh, seemed a bit disjointed, and uh, you know, I don't know how far away Ulysses de Villa is from coming back and, and playing for that team, but, boy, they need him.
0: They do, and I think they're quite an imbalanced team. They're very top-heavy. So uh, it was quite easy pregame to talk about all the stars and all the firepower that they had. Uh, and obviously, is probably the uh, jewel in the crown. But Daniel Azani, um, he did an all right job. He buzzed around at times. Uh, it was a bit of a petulant performance, though, um, because he did simulate and should have got a yellow card. He went down under no contact. And then we saw that again, not as bad, but in the second half there were instances where he was looking for free kicks or looking for strength from the referee because um, he wasn't able to do what he wanted and get at this Phoenix side as regularly as he was looking for. That said, he did pop up with a really special piece of play to put in Lockie Rose for the equaliser. Um, but to your point, at the back, MacArthur is very disjointed. They are ill-disciplined. And the Phoenix, I think, manipulated them um, <coughs> basically at will uh, throughout the 90 minutes. Uh, we saw them being pulled all over the shop. Um, Zavada in particular occupied a lot of attention, and that did create space for Crayers and Old out wide. I'll tell you the man that we did give um, our man of the match to, uh, which was to the Paramount and 10 network, I'm not sure if we mentioned it um, on the broadcast yesterday, was Costa Barbarousas. He didn't get on the score sheet, um, but he did pop up, um, and it was integral in uh, the build-up play that led to the goals and I think that that was his potentially most complete performance of the season so far.
1: Yeah, he's looked really good, mate. He's looked really, really good, Uh, it has to be said. I did see that Daniel Arzani, uh, he... Obviously, for the dive in the first half, trying to get the penalty, copped a bit of stick from yellow fever. It's interesting that he stayed on the bench after the game. I don't know if you noticed this, Jacob, but he sat on the bench after the game and waited until the crowd had gone before he walked down the. Like he refused to walk down the tunnel by the yellow fever. Just I assume because he knew how much stick he was going to catch.
0: Yeah, it was an interesting one. Um, no one wants to really front up after a result like that, and he wasn't alone. Craig Noon um, didn't do a post-match. Uh, interview. So um, the wonderful professional is Cor- Goran had to dance a little bit but um, that's not what you want to see from a side. Uh, you want to see consistency you want to see them front up when they do well and be celebrated but when they don't do as well they still need to um, ensure that they're giving um, <clears throat> a good account of themselves and uh, a, a little little footnote um, he will be back and he will be strong next week Arzani. Um but uh, yeah some stuff, it seems, that uh, needs to be
1: worked on. Yeah, it does indeed. The Phoenix next week uh, have Western United, who were the champions, uh, but are currently bottom with just one point. What's going wrong there, do you think?
0: That's the inverse of Melbourne victory last year, isn't it? Uh, mm. Victory went up into that conversation for the, the premiership. Um I'm not quite sure what's going on. Uh, Last year, I did have questions over Western. They did recruit a number of experienced A-League players, is a diplomatic way to say it. Do have, uh, I think it's the highest average age of any squad across the A-League. And the greatest discrepancy last year was when the Phoenix played against uh, Western. Um, The Phoenix put out a really young side. and, And in contrast, it made the Western side seem much older. I think this year we're seeing that age limitation really play out for Western. They're not getting those goals and able to defend leads as they did last season. And then when they are, like they did against Central Coast Mariners, um, yes, the red card didn't help, but conceding four goals, that's not a John Aloisi side that we've come to um, come to enjoy. So I think this break is actually going to do them wonders. It'll give them the chance to reset, recalibrate, and I think there'll be some pretty stern questions asked of the squad by John Aloisi. Um, But the first opportunity for them to bounce back will be against the Phoenix, who have their tails up and who have momentum going into this last game before the World Cup break.
1: Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting to see how they go, Jacob. We should touch on uh, the Premier League as well. There were some big games this morning in the Premier League. Uh, One of those saw Chelsea host Arsenal and Arsenal... No, 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 no,
0: no. Ricardo. no, 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 no. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the uh, momentous... Aston
1: Villa result, mate. <laughs> Huge. <laughs> well, they got some new manager bounce, mate, you know, fair, and fair, fair play to them. Unai Emery actually managed to get a team uh, to defend. I mean, you know, when, when you get your academy manager take over and they win 4-0 first game after you sack Steven Gerrard, and then you do this against United when you pro- have a proper manager in charge, it does cast dispersions on Gerrard's tactical nous, doesn't it, as a manager. I don't know where he's going to end up now.
0: Mate, you could be the next uh, leader of the National Party with an answer like that. We're not having you do all those somersaults, mate. We're focusing on the point at hand, and that's Man United lost 3-1 to Aston Villa, and then to make it even better, Liverpool beat Tottenham 2-1. Absolutely beautiful morning. What a way to start the week, Ricardo.
1: Yeah, well, you know, the thing, if you're a Tottenham fan, you've got to ask yourself, if, if we're serious about pushing on and having a title challenge, can we be affording to drop three points to mid-table sides like this? Now, I
0: think the question's going to be asked of Daniel Levy. Antonio Conte, and um, to your point, uh, I think they haven't had investment in the back. I think they're really struggling. They don't have defenders um, of the quality that Conte has come to expect from his side, and um, unfortunately, Boris doesn't look up to the standard this year. Uh, At times, there's been a couple of head scratches, and um, you can point to a number of situations where they have lost points, and I think it's come down to their defence, which is... A bizarre
1: thing to say about an Antonio Conte team. It is. Uh, I, I don't know what you think about Hugo Lloris, but I've always kind of—I've never been convinced. He just looks a little bit lightweight, particularly when it comes uh, to dealing with crosses, dealing with corners, and and they seem to—you know—he seems to have about three or four uh, big errors in him every season. I mean, I know he's won a World Cup with France, but I mean Fraser Forster is an absolute behemoth, um, and might not be able to distribute the same way Larice does, but he's a much more solid keeper when it comes to shot stopping, coming for crosses, all of that stuff.
0: Yeah, Foster seems to be a prototypical goalkeeper for the Premier League. Big. Um, has alright distribution, uh, and then they're a really wonderful shot stopper, which is impressive for someone his size, how they can be at, that agile and move around that sort of mass. Um Yeah, look, Lloris goes through this kind of belt. He seems to be a very um, confidence-based player, so I think he's going through one of the lulls at the moment. And he'll come out the other side. Look, when he's good, he's very good. And I think the other thing that um, we don't necessarily appreciate is that he will have a pretty good handle on the change of room autonomy. He's been the captain there for a while now. And so you don't want to move or create any change for some of that sort of status within the team without really thinking it through. So um, maybe, again, for Conte, it's an opportunity to reset uh, during the uh, World Cup break and. Uh,
1: have a look at who he needs to bring in the January window. Uh, we also saw um, a, another sacking in the Premier League. Uh, Ralph Hassett and Hoodle, the uh, Southampton boss, got the sack after their 4-1 loss to Newcastle this morning. Chris Wood getting on the score sheet as well. Uh, it's an interesting one because it looked like they were very much in a rebuild phase. They've got a lot of very good young players and I thought he was actually doing a reasonable job. Like they were playing really good football maybe just not quite getting the results but I'm surprised they've pulled the trigger now.
0: It's an interesting one. Yeah, again, with the World Cup break coming up, you'd kind of back someone to make it there, give them the opportunity to reset. But this might actually be a chance for the board to have a look at things and say, actually, we want to give a new manager a bit of a pre-season, and we're a little bit anxious about being caught into that, uh, that quagmire that is uh, the relegation fight. So, um, I think he's done a good job. He'd um, kind of brought Southampton out of um, a bit of a tumble where they were heading towards the relocation point a few years ago. And then I think it was actually developing a reasonably competitive squad for the Premier League, but there must be some concerns behind closed doors that we're not aware of.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting to see who ends up in that seat because there's some very good young players for them to work out, uh, work with out there. Jacob, thanks very much, mate. I'll, I'll let you go. Uh, give our best to, to Goran Paladin, your chauffeur today, and uh, we'll catch up with you again, eh? Beautiful. Yeah, well, thank you very much, Ricardo.